If you're the partner of a narcissist who's also needs help, whether it's drugs or alcohol as well, can you bring that conversation up or are you just shot down because they don't want to hear that? Oh, you'll be shot down. And you have to really consider your safety. And when I say safety, we don't really bring into the fact emotional safety. You know, we always think physical, don't we? But emotional safety, feeling safe in the world and with people, if you haven't got that, then there's something very wrong. If you're in a relationship that is constantly devaluing you, is constantly telling you you're wrong, is controlling areas of your life, is isolating you from friends and family, and telling you your feelings are wrong is absolutely abuse. Welcome to The Eventful Entrepreneur. I'm your host, Dodge, and I'm the CEO and founder of the Bournemouth Sevens Festival and the revolutionary Event Crowd, our new online events course. On this podcast, I speak to fascinating people who have all lived eventful lives. So if you want to hear more like this, make sure you subscribe, leave us a glowing review, and you can follow me on Instagram at Dodge Woodall. I reply to every single message. Most of us have witnessed the effects of malignant narcissist, sometimes without even realising it. Whether you have first-hand experience or through close friends and family, the real effects of controlling, undermining and paranoid behaviour can be absolutely devastating. Becky Halston is a very successful life coach and therapist. She explains the red flags, the behaviour and also how to cope in the aftermath of being in the grip of someone else's control. This is a very important conversation where we can all learn something that may help us understand and read the signs in the future. This is the eventful life of Becky Halston. Becky, welcome to the show. Hi, Dodge. Thanks for having me. Yeah, very much looking forward to this. And uh, you're an expert in narcissistic personality disorder. Yes. Wonderful. Really looking forward to this. And the subject of today is how do you know whether you're in a narcissistic relationship? And that is a tough question because the reality is for most people who are in a relationship with someone with narcissistic personality disorder or um, high on the narcissistic spectrum, for a lot of their relationship will have no idea that they are in a relationship with someone who only exists at the beginning of the relationship. Yeah. Do you find like when you're in or you're about to go into a relationship, you don't have a clue whether that person's a narcissist or not. You're actually going into the relationship because you've seen something really beautiful in that person. And But how long does it take or is there a certain amount of time or when do you start to realise that someone actually really is, you know, a narcissist? I mean, I, I've got many clients, you know, through my work as a therapist yeah. as well. I've got many clients that didn't even realize that they were with someone who was highly malignant until 10 years into the relationship, 17 years into the relationship. And you generally find out you're in a toxic relationship when you say no, when you put a boundary down about something. And that's when the mask drops off the other person. And then the more malignant traits of narcissistic personality disorder come through, which we'll cover in just a Mm. moment. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, none of us like to be told no, um, when something matters to us, you know, Um, if if going on holiday is important, and the other person doesn't want to go or can't go for some reason, sure, we might we all might throw our toys out of the pram a little bit. Um, It's deeper than that, though. Um, It's when you put a boundary down, and that person not just pushes, but they then you'll normally get instant rage. Like for a lot of people, they'll go from calm and quiet to absolute rage. Um, 
there are different types of narcissism as well. So some are very obvious, you know, bandied around. I think the word narcissism is now in our vocabulary. Mm. You know, everyone's throwing it around. They're mm. a narcissist. This person's a narcissist. When you speak to people, a lot of people will reference they were dating a narcissist. But in actual fact, they weren't. Mm. They were dating someone who was possibly not able to attach in relationships. You know, there's lots of other reasons that were not able to have healthy relationships mm. or not able to communicate well mm. in relationships. It doesn't necessarily mean someone's a narcissist. Um, you know, really, I think narcissists come across as highly confident in lots of areas, but they don't necessarily have the expertise or the, you know, the hours of doing something behind that to back it up. Um, so that confidence that they allude to can be very, very um, alluring for mm. most of us that have to work through our confidence by doing something, by getting better at something. You know, I'm sure you can relate to that. Mm. You know, if you if you come out all the gear, no idea and yeah. you've got the confidence of someone, you know, and, and we're not talking about faking it until you're making it mm. either. Then there comes a point where. You know, that's very engaging for most of us that do lack rejection. And I think the biggest way to identify a narcissist in the way that I mean it, which is on the spectrum of being at the far end. Um, so that would be they actually don't fear rejection. Mm. They don't appear to fear rejection. And that's quite an odd thing. Mm. Um, so they can talk to anyone. They can confront anything. Um, but really underneath it all, they can appear to be very vulnerable mm. also. So, you know, the the opinion that someone's just going to be big headed, have a sense of grandiose, you know, think that talk up everything that they do isn't necessarily always correct. So when you're actually going into a relationship or you are in a relationship with someone and you started seeing the signs that you're that you are gently at the start, you know, you're love bombed at first. Yes. And what, how would you explain sort of love bombing? Because I know, I know some uh, some friends, some girlfriends who actually love bomb people in terms of they will meet someone for the first time. Like, oh my God, you look beautiful. Oh my God, your shoes are amazing. Your glasses are amazing. You look beautiful. You're stunning. Oh my God. And then all of a sudden they're in with them. And then within time, the other person actually starts to separate away because they start to realize that there's a lot of fakeness there. Yes. Is that the love bombing act of a narcissist? Um, yes, it can be. It can be lots of gushing compliments. It can also be really showing up on your team. So being really supportive of projects that you might have. It might be turning up to look after your children a lot, running your children around. It could be helping you with your business, donating lots of their free time. Um, and it, it can also be... Um, you know, picking up all your needs. I think the the more malignant narcissists are actually quite weirdly intuitive. Um, they seem to sense what your needs are and they seem to be able to adapt themselves like chameleons to fulfill your needs. Yeah, chameleons, that's a very, very good point, isn't it? And, and you see this, obviously, exception in relationships, but also the workplace too. Yeah. Um, you know, lots because of, the, because of that lack of fear of uh, rejection, yeah. You know, you do see quite a few uh, malignant narcissists elevated in the entrepreneurial what, area. What do you too. mean by malig malignant? So let's talk about the scale of narcissism. Yeah. You know, we I think we're in a, a life now where we have, you know, for lots of us, we've had to learn to provoke, promote ourselves. Yeah. Um, and it's not always a comfortable journey learning to put yourself out there. It's different when you put a product out there. Yeah. Um, but the, the narcissist don't fear rejection. Mm. I mean, deep, deep, deep down, they do. Mm. 
but outwardly they don't appear to fear rejection. Um, so they're very good at um, talking themselves up, mm. um, but they are easily identifiable because they, if you make anything their fault, they will take you down. Yeah, And they will vehemently reject anything that smells like blame, looks like blame, um, even if it's helpful, you know, in a mentor role, we might offer someone else um, a solution or some guidance, right? You know, have you thought about doing this? The malignant narcissist will hear, I've done something wrong and they will attack. Right, okay. What's the way What's the way out of that? Because all of a sudden, like, if you're being controlled and being told what to do and being put down, you are actually feeling like you have no self-esteem, self-worth, you don't have any strength like you used to have. You feel like you're put in a corner being on the receiving end of a narcissistic relationship when you realize is you've been so devalued by that other person and played with like a puppet yeah. um, that you you will doubt yourself. You'll doubt your own feelings about the abuse that you have been under. And abuse is the right word. And I know that's a very difficult one to get your head around, particularly, I think, for blokes, um, for guys that have been on the receiving end of a narcissistic relationship. Because I think, you know, if, if their relationship is with another woman, then Women are very, they're what call, you know, more so women are what are called vulnerable narcissists. Okay. So they don't necessarily have the sense of grandiose yeah. um, and specialness that you might see more with the men. What they're very good at doing is activating the man's inner hero. Right, okay. So that will be, you'll see very, very, very strong women pretending to be a lot weaker and a lot more vulnerable than they actually are. So they will activate the man's inner hero by, could you help me phrase this email? And I can't do this and I'm not sure how to do this. Mm. Um, and, and then that can be really highly attractive to a lot of men, yeah. particularly men who are what we would call in therapy, um, avoidant attached, mm. which means that from their childhood, they don't really, you know, they deeply fear getting hurt. So they will avoid long term relationships on the whole. Mm. But they're very vulnerable to be snared by a narcissistic woman, mm. um, because you know, or man, because very much they'll play to the needs of that person. Um, I think the very difficult thing is it's never one trait mm. because any you know anyone listening to the this is now thinking, well, I do that, well, I do that. Am I a narcissist? And it is never one trend trait. It's a whole behaviour when you put that together. Yeah. But the minute you say no is when you find out who you're really with. And in terms of just holding there, you say yeah. when you say no, is that when you've had a number of years of being mentally abused and then you get to a point you go, no, I'm putting my foot down here. But I'm sure there's many men who have put their foot down and gone, oh, I've had a massive reaction to that. You know what, I don't need the headache anymore. I'm just gonna go with the flow. I'm gonna go with the flow and just keep her sweet because it's a lot easier for me to keep that my other half sweet than it is to actually say no. Right. And that's when you're starting with the devaluation, because now you're not going with your gut. You're not prioritizing what's good for your well-being yeah. mentally and emotionally. Um, and you're doing anything for a quiet life. Meanwhile, your partner will be creating a smear campaign and you won't even be aware that that smear campaign is there. So what there's only three positions to be in with a narcissist, and that is irrelevant a threat or a flying monkey? Irrelevant, a threat or a flying monkey? Yeah. What's the flying monkey? So the flying monkey are the fans. 
So the only way to be safe around a malignant narcissist is to be a flying monkey. And that's a yes person. Oh, like a lap dog. Yeah, well... The kind you, of, I'll say yes to everything that you want me to do. Or it, it, they're actually good people, flying monkeys. Yeah. You know, a lot of the time, the flying monkeys are the one that get shot yeah. because the, the puppet master behind them, their hands are free. Yeah. Um, and the flying monkeys won't know that they're being used to hurt other people. So this will be the, the friend yeah. that may be around a couple who watch, who doesn't realize that one of the people in the couple is provoking. Yeah. And they'll keep pressing buttons in front of other people yeah. so that that person might become short tempered or irritable or, or, or seem to be controlling because they're saying, could you stop, you know, could you stop banging the chair against the wall, which yeah. seems quite petty. Yeah. But what they won't realize is that the narcissist is there poking and yeah. provoking the bear. so that the, the bear then behaves in a way, yeah. see, they're really controlling. Yeah. They're really abusive. Yeah. They're always like this. Mm. They don't let me. They don't let me go out. They don't let me do this. When in, in fact the opposite is true. So they'll always be creating a smear campaign for control. Mm. And the flying monkeys are generally good people yeah. who care. They're yeah. people who um, are empaths. So they'll feel other people's pain, and they will come to the rescue yeah. of the narcissist, and not realizing that they're being used as weapons. Yeah. How awful is that? I've got strong friends of mine who have been controlled by their other halves. And for us and all the lads around, we look in and it's like, we can all see it. But sometimes I guess if you're in that relationship, you can't see what everyone else is seeing until you get out of that relationship and go, oh shit, what was I doing for 10 years stuck like that? But even when you get out, the work begins then. Because for many people, they still haven't appreciated quite how abused they've been yeah. until they try and think for themselves. I mean, a, a good malignant narcissist will erase your erase your a good malignant narcissist will erase your identity. Yeah. So that you don't even know who you are. Jesus, that is crazy. And is that is that someone who erases your identity? So they basically break you down so much and build you up how they want you to be. They create a dependency. So your self-worth becomes dependent on their praise. And they will oscillate between devaluing you and putting you down to then building you up again. And it's a pattern that we call um, slap, slap, kiss. Wow, okay. And what happens is, is the mind and the body start to wire to desensitize to the slaps. I mean, metaphorically, yeah. so this is physical abuse as well as mental abuse. Yeah. And it holds out knowing that the kiss is going to come. And the kiss could be a smile that day. A kiss could be that you've been asked how you are or one of your needs has been taken care of. So you start to be desensitized to the toxic behavior because the mind wires up to learn that a, sla uh, a kiss will come. So the mind wires up to learn that a wow. kiss will come. So you, you, you go through these cycles of, of abuse and devaluation because you're holding out for the good day. Mm. Um, and that's a dangerous position to that's find yourself. That's a dangerous position to be in a relationship. Do you find that the... You know, I'm speaking from a guy's point of view, if you're sure. in a relationship, I guess, that the other half that could be totally aggressive towards you, whether it's mentally aggressive, putting you down, or actually physically aggressive. And how do you deal with it as a man of a female being physically aggressive to you? Because you can't lash out back, you can't do anything, and you also can't go and tell anyone about it, I guess. 
there's a there's a lot of shame attached to anyone who's been a victim, but particularly with guys that subscribe to um, how the world's built everybody, which is that vulnerability is weakness. So to admit to yourself, never mind another person, that you feel vulnerable is another devaluation on somebody who's already devalued. Um, and your sense of safety, like we all need to feel safe in the world and yeah. safe with people. But these people replace our own sense of safety. It's interesting. I mean, I've worked with many, many, mm. many people who are very, very accomplished mm. CEOs, chairmen, mm. um, you know, lots of, uh, you know, very high performance sportswomen. Mm. Mm. And none of them have understood that they have been in a toxic relationship mm. with a narcissist. Mm. And very often, most people don't realize until they try and leave them. Yeah. Or they get completely discarded. You know, one minute you've been happily married for 17 years, the next minute your partner has just gone, it's over. Yeah. And for, for no apparent reason. Mm. And that is, that's the ultimate discard. Mm. But of course, if you've got children, you've still got to co-parent with a narcissist. Oh my God. You know what? That must be the world's worst. Being manipulated by a narcissist, your other half, and then you end up splitting up and being manipulated even more where someone's playing you off against the kids. Absolutely. And the, the, the thing that most people can't get their head around is that the malignant narcissist will hurt themselves in the pursuit to be right. They'll hurt themselves. Yeah, they'll destroy their home. They'll, you know, if you put a malignant narcissist, let's say in a divorce situation, yeah. which is a horrible, horrible yes. um, and very difficult and traumatic time for anyone to go to, even if it is the right thing. Yeah. But when you get divorced from a narcissist, when the, when, whether the narcissist has driven the decision or not, you're straight away in a system that is looking for fault. Mm. And obviously the law's changed recently and that you can now have a no fault, no fault divorce, which is really helpful. Mm. But as soon as you're in any paperwork or any situation or any meeting that's saying you did this, all hell will break loose. And I think for guys in particular that some of their natural defenses will be to go all out war. Mm. Now, you will never win a war with a narcissist because mm. they will destroy themselves. They will destroy their children. They will they will not understand that all the money that they're spending to be right is their own money. Mm. Whereas the other person will be trying to protect the assets, will yeah. be trying to protect the children's well-being and will be prepared to sacrifice themselves yeah. and their feelings in order to do so. So understanding that someone will go out and destroy everything mm. just to be right. It mm. isn't about winning. Mm. It's about the fact that they will not tolerate being responsible for anything. Mm. So that manipulation, can that manipulation boil over to manipulating the other half? Can they go out their way to manipulate the other half's friends, best mates, yes. and the other half's family? Why would someone allow someone to do that? Isolation is a tool, as a weapon. Mm. One of the cruelest things that you can do to a human being is to isolate them. You know, we have primitive systems. When we're newborn babies, being alone, being abandoned is read as life or death because if you abandon a newborn baby, yeah. that's what would happen. Yeah. So we have this system that says isolation is danger. Safety comes from community, it comes from relationship. Yeah. So to isolate someone is another way of disempowering them. Wow. But also what you'll get is uh, a malignant narcissist will have worked threads through your family and through your friends and they will have identified who they can bring on board and they will work to isolate you from your family, 
from your work colleagues um, so that they have total control over your thoughts, your time and your feelings. And then when they want to discard you, they will pull the strings on all the people they've threaded together and then they will isolate you from them. My God. So you can end up coming out of a relationship with no access to your children. Your family have all turned against you because of the smear campaigns that they have cleverly yeah. woven in for years. Yeah. I mean, years before there was anything, even when the relationship was good. What happens if they're in charge of the purse strings as well? Um, yeah, if they're in charge of the purse strings, then they're in full control of your money. I think we need to differentiate that a malignant narcissist will behave like that to everybody and anyone. I mm. think one of the, when I'm sewing, you know, when I'm gluing people back together after they've been in a narcissistic relationship, one of the hardest things for them to get their head around is actually none of their behavior is personal to you. Mm. Now, of course, the pain and the suffering that's caused is very personal and very real. But actually, this is how they navigate the world. It doesn't matter if they encounter you, me, um, their family, anybody. That's how they navigate everybody. Everybody is a commodity. So they are looking to get their needs met from whoever they can. They will also establish patterns called triangulation. So this is another red flag. So we've all got love bombing, right? Yeah. But some people are just nice people. Yeah. And we all need to be liked. So sometimes we can over egg the compliments because we need to be liked. It's yeah. important to look that not any one of these attributes yeah. is indicating it's narcissism. It's just a number. It's just a number of red flags. Which is also why it's very tricky to communicate to another person when you've been a vic victim of a narcissistic abuse because the individual components sound petty, but when you put them together, yeah. it's a really bad picture. So we've got triangulation, which is when they will always involve another person in their dirty work. So if we were going to triangulate now, um, we, you know, I let's say there was another person. I would be saying to them, um, Dodge said you're not very good at your job. You know, Dodge was saying that, you know, you're not you're not that good at your job. Yeah. Now, Dodge never, ever said that. No. But the person that's just been on the receiving end of that is going to start to have some doubts yeah. because why would this person say something like yeah. that? Yeah. And also I would make it look like I was trying, you know, their best interest. You know what? You should really think about leaving because Dodge isn't actually very nice about you behind your back. Yeah. So that's what they start, start manipulating yes. that to other. Wow. They friend. They also look for people who are caring people because caring people care and they can hide behind the caring people. Their lack of care for people means they hide behind the caring people and they can then access groups of friends yeah. um, very quickly who may harvest opportunities for them or ways to elevate themselves or make them feel better about themselves. Mm. You know, a lot of people seek out celebrity because it makes them feel better about themselves. Yeah. You know, what do you mean by that? Seek out celebrities to make themselves feel better? Well, someone, um, if they seek out celebrities, they feel better about themselves because other people look at them as being a sense of importance. Yes. Because they know certain people. So it helps their self-esteem and elevate them to take a part of that celebrity's energy. Do you find that that, that person who is the narcissist, would that person, well from looking in, would that person go around and slag people off behind their backs, but to their face, they are absolutely beautiful? Yes, but even better than that, they'll get, they'll get one of the flying monkeys to do it. So they will tell the flying monkeys that Jane is, you know, 
Jane is not to be trusted because yeah. Jane's been saying this about you. Yeah. So then the flying monkey will go to the other flying monkeys and say, this Jane can't be trusted because she's been saying this about me. Oh and then God. all the flunking flying monkeys are like, oh, that's awful. Yeah. We're going to isolate Jane. Yeah. Meanwhile, the narcissist yeah. is pro needs to view this. So they're probably taking great delight in watching their power. Mm and knowing that the flying monkeys are doing their work. But you can go, and this is what gets very confusing for people, is you can go from being flying monkey number one yeah. to threat in one sentence. Right, okay, so give me an example then. So let's say- So whenever, flying monkey, you're the lapdog, yes. essentially, and then you're the lapdog work, working, and then all of a sudden then go to a threat. You can go And to then a, when you're a narcissist and you get a threat, how does that narcissist react? So anybody, anybody around a narcissist that raise raises a conversation or a point of view that could suggest that you did something, that the narcissist did something wrong, yeah. you're a threat Yeah. in that instant and you will have a smear campaign. Yeah. And half the time you won't even know you had a smear campaign against you. Mm. Um, you know, and in the workplace, this becomes, you know, utter, I mean, you can lose your job, your yeah. livelihood yeah. because someone has smear campaigned you. You know, so we need to look for, it's called gaslighting, yeah. right? And it's a term that sort of came from a movie in the 1950s yeah. where someone convinced their partner that they were going mad. Yeah. Um, oh, so they turn it on them that they're going mad? Yes. Wow. So gaslighting is when you start to convince someone that their version of reality isn't true. Yeah. And it's so damaging. And that probably doesn't help when your self-esteem is really low and you've been put down by your narcissist other half for God knows how many right. years. Actually, you look around and go, well, I've actually got no friends with me because they've been blocked off. My family don't really want to talk to me. And God, if, if she's saying that, that must be true. You start to believe it. Very much so. I mean, I get a lot of people sent to me by divorce lawyers who, and these divorce lawyers are trauma-informed and they understand the elements of, of narcissistic abuse because... Of course, these days, a lot of narcissists have discovered narcissistic abuse. So they weaponize it against their partners. Right. So they use the red flags with their um, flying monkeys to deliver the news that they're in a narcissistic relationship. Um, so the narcissist then uses that as a weapon. Right. So for me, I always find that as a red flag when someone has repeated relationships that are narcissists yeah. or when a number of relationships have been deemed that they're mental. Yeah, yeah. Has um, a narcissist become a narcissist because they've been hurt in the past? Or has it come from their parents where they might have felt rejected from their parents or they were used by their parents when they were needed? Is it stem from somewhere? There's various theories. Yeah. Um, nothing is conclusive, but yeah. there's various theories. So one is it's to do with um, a real rejection and breakdown with relationship with mother. Yeah. So that depends, you know, whether you're, you know, man, woman, um, your relationship with your mother and that breakdown does seem to be a relationship with then develop, you know, develop, not developing mm. that sense of connection that we all need mm. from each other. Um, Sometimes it can to do with, you know, head traumas, mm. you know, looking at the, the impact, you know, no one, no one feels down and gets a brain scan yet. Mm. Actually, we really should be should looking checking, at, yeah. at, you know, particularly from the sporting yeah. industry where yeah. only just now things are coming to light of, you know, have you been in rugby, them, yeah. rugby and football, headbutting yeah. balls, you know, think, think <laughs> headbutting balls. Yeah, you can tell yeah. my sports <laughs> terminology leaves a lot to redesign there. No, but I know what you mean like full on clashes. They're like every time yeah. you're in training, there'd be a sort of like a car crash. 
two or three times going head to head with someone right. that's going to have a knock on effect for a 40 plus 50 year old player who's been playing for the last 20 odd years completely what's um, what's another trait of someone like really breaking someone down so they've mentally broken someone down and they've built them up how they want to be they're totally in control of them uh, they hold the purse strings so they're like you can have a bit of money now so your self esteem really freaking low what happens if they take your mobile and they are constantly going through your mobile and replying to your friends via whatsapp and putting posts up on social media pretending it's the other half writing niceties about the other half is that just a whole nother layer yeah, I mean, you're in the cuckoo situation then where your life has been taken over every part of it by the narcissist, how you present yourself to the world, what you think, what you do. And, you know, you've been utterly devalued. And what comes after devalued is a play between, you know, they'll devalue so much so to keep control, but then they'll build you up so that you don't leave or can't leave. And especially when children come into the mix. But then you go into the discard you know, when you then get thrown away, you're no use anymore. I'm going to throw you away and get another one. Wow. And it so is quite easily they go, right. Yes. You know what? See you later. I've had my time with you. I'm going to find another man or another woman or I'm off. Yeah. There's another wing to this, which obviously becomes more into the psychopath territory. And that is when the person, you know, the at the hard end of the spectrum, which is the narcissistic personality disorder, they actually have no feelings. So they don't feel guilt, they don't feel remorse, they don't connect to people in that way. And at the very hard end of the spectrum is when they take pleasure from punishing you. Jeez, and that's the psychopath. Yeah, and you'll see a smirk. I and mean, I've seen people do this. They will, uh, they will afflict pain on somebody and, and normally psychological pain, and then you'll watch them smirk. And they actually get a they get a lift. You know how you and I would get, we would get a warmth from being kind yeah. to someone, right? Well, that's the only way, right? Totally agree. They will get the same feeling from inflicting punishment on people. And that's when they, and what they're seeing and experiencing is the impact of their own power on another, which makes them have a sense of grandiose about themselves. That's just awful. But getting, getting yeah. away from a malignant narcissist yeah. isn't easy. You have to, especially with social media, because you can be no contact. And the only real way to deal with a malignant narcissist is no contact. So actually, if you're in a relationship, say if someone's in a relationship and you're married and deep down you know what's going on around you, but say if you're using alcohol and cocaine, is that to numb the feeling of what's going on? Obviously, you know, yes, but also sometimes some of the reasons that you're in that position, you're already in a situation where you've perhaps got childhood pain to numb and the narcissist has come along and made and manipulated that childhood pain. They can tune into that and they have ways of sort of giving you what you feel, the stability you've always wanted, mm. and then they'll play, then they'll remove it. So they're very good at manipulating childhood pain. They're also very good at getting people to disclose their childhood pain. Yeah. And um, there's different types of narcissism. So you've got covert um, and vulnerable, which is they're, they're the less easy to spot. I mean, particularly, I see this a lot with women. They will come into a room. So if then, if, you know, they're entering into an environment, a workplace, a room, um, and they don't know a load of people, they will disclose very, very quickly some very intimate details about themselves. Um, ones, and then they will sort through the people and they'll see who goes, oh, you know, I, I'm, out, I'm out of this Step conversation, <laughs> yeah. right? Which is these days, yeah. that's me. Yeah, same. Um, or, 
Um, and, you know, and I'm the most caring person, mm. you know, I've dedicated my mm. life to helping people mm. recover from trauma. Mm. So for me, it's a real, real split mm. because the whole part of me wants to come in and help someone feel better. Yeah. But I've learned to spot it. They'll come in the group, they will drop, you know, they will give lots of intimate details very, very quickly. And they will watch to see who comes in and goes, oh, oh that's terrible. Poor you. And then they will hoover those people yeah. up and then they will start love bombing them. Yeah. Um, oh and my. they will make those people feel chosen. And those people will then be brought in to, and they'll get involved in it in as much areas of their lives as they need to. Mm. And then they will weaponize the flying monkeys against other people. You can spot them because they don't tend to have too many long-term friendships. That's very true, isn't you it? You know, there's all... But when you actually dig deeper yeah. and look in the past and go, where are their friends? They've moved from one city to the next city to, to the next city. Where are the friends? They don't have any. That's, that's alarming. Right. Bells, but right? they've always got a good story. Yeah. They've always got a story about how they are the victim. Yeah. And they are the victim in everything and anything. Mm. Even really... And, and they, they get caught out on the details. Because when you start pressing for details the story gets a bit woolly. Yeah. Um, and also the reality is in a lot of situations, both people are culpable. You know, mm. yeah, I knew, you know, I it wasn't a good day for me. I knew I didn't communicate so well. Yeah, um, sorry. You know, that's more normal, isn't it? Yeah. You know, we're not on our A game every day, yeah. all day. We make mistakes. We don't communicate effectively. Um, we might be short with people or we might not like the feedback that someone gives us lovingly because it's uncomfortable and yeah. it hurts. Yeah. But we know what they're saying is true. Yeah. With a narcissist, they will go into massive rejection, almost like an allergy, right? Yeah. So I have a huge allergy to a certain type of nut, right? Yeah. I will go out of my way to avoid that at all costs. Yeah. A narcissist is the same. Yeah. They will go out of their way to avoid blame of any kind, even if it isn't blame. So if you're a divorce lawyer trying to sit there and say, well, did you do that? No, I didn't. Yeah. And then the gaslighting will come in where they'll convince you that they haven't done anything wrong. Yeah. They are so brilliant at painting themselves as the victims. Yeah. That's how they get their buy-in. So you need to, you know, we're, we're always not far away from being either a flying monkey mm. or a threat. Mm. And you have an instinct deep down when you meet these people. Some of them are very funny, laugh a lot. You know, they do these maniacal laughs. Yeah. But inside, you don't laugh along. Yeah. And you know when someone really laughs, you can't help but laugh yeah, along with them, right? You know it's the real deal. Yeah. 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 So you doubt yourself. Mm. You think this person's laughing and finding all these things funny. Yeah. Um, they'll also use their smear campaigns. You know, they will smear campaign a person and then they'll do the maniacal laugh after. Yeah. And you, they'll do it all the time that you become desensitized mm. to it. So, is, so that person can really have poor behavior and if you told that person that they've got poor behavior, they can turn on you instantly. In an instant. You yeah. can go from being their flying monkey and their yeah. best supporter. And now you've just been watushed and you are utterly confused as to what's happened. Yeah. Because ordinarily with our fellow humans, we might have a disagreement or a change of opinion or something. And we can then meet up and talk it through. Yeah. There is no remonstration with this person. You cannot get them to see any sense of remorse. Mm. You know, it doesn't matter. Let's say a good friend is having multiple affairs, right? Yeah. And you just happen to say, look, this isn't really healthy for you. Yeah. Whoa, now you're a threat. Yeah. If they're a malignant narcissist. Yes. Obviously, there's if there's someone just finding their way yeah. and that hasn't sort of looked at themselves in terms of relationship, that's a very different yeah. thing. Yeah. So now you're a threat and now you're going to be smear campaigned behind your back. Mm. 
Um, I mean, funny enough, I had um, a malignant narcissist, which also gave me a big education in this, um, you know, aside from a clinical yeah. education. Some of the details, I mean, they're no longer in my life, but the, and it was a friend too. And some of the details that have since come to light are really interesting. Yeah. Um, for example, um, encouraging me to go and sit in the front of the car with a mutual guy friend of ours. Meanwhile, this narcissist sits in the back talking to the girlfriend saying, you want to watch her? Oh What's she God. doing sitting in the front of the car? Oh, my God. You want to watch her? She's yeah. after your man. Yeah. I mean, ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but you keep telling that person that same thing. That's another example yeah. of gaslighting. And they then might start to believe that that's actually what I'm after. Yeah. Do you think the, do you think there should be res some responsibility taken for the other half allowing the narcissist to fully control you and use your mobile phone and write messages as if it's from you to your friends or to whatever? Is there not a level you go, whoa, hold on, don't go through my phone. Don't write, put things up on my social media as if it's coming from me. Or Is there some form of like, I don't know, it's like, is it self-respect or do you just, or, or do you feel so controlled? You think, shit, I'm just fully controlled. You've got, you've got me and I don't know what to do. I think, do you feel lost? That's, I guess, my question. Yeah, because they've confused you. Yeah. They've worked to sting you, to confuse you, you know, and nobody is immune. Mm. You know, there's probably a lot of people listening to this going, oh, I'd never fall for that. Yeah. Nobody is immune. Yeah. And it happens so caref so so undercover and so subconsciously that by the time they strike and paralyze you, you're already in their, in their hands. Now, there will be lots of people who do put better boundaries down. Yeah. And they have been able to extract themselves. You know, their relationship with the narcissist stopped the minute they started raging and, you know, smashing things up, for yeah. example. And they walked at that point. Well, that was their reaction. Their reaction was to create a, a big drama. A narcissist always seems to want drama, right? That's They, what they create drama yeah. all the time because they are never the victims. Yeah. So they never learn from their mistakes. Yeah. They continue with the same patterns because it isn't them. And they will always create drama and they will always bring drama into their lives. That's another way you look at them. There is constant, constant drama of which they do not take one speck of responsibility for. Yeah, that's it, so, it? you know, that's what you run from. There's the gaslighting. There is telling you that your version of reality and your feelings are wrong. You're too sensitive is a favorite. Yeah. You're mental. You know, it's as subtle as that. Um, obviously the love bombing when you first meet people, but that can make you very paranoid about anyone who is kind and yeah. open. Yeah. Um, so allow for people to be kind and open, yeah. but trust your instincts of people, which comes back to a big issue for lots of people is that we don't trust our instincts. We don't trust our gut. And we doubt I'm a, ourselves. I'm a firm believer, always trusting the gut. I just want to go back a point that was interesting. Um, my sister made to me uh, actually this morning. She said, the quicker someone wants to get into your life, the quicker they've got to leave your life. It's giving you red flags. So, yes, I, I mean, yes, yeah. there are some huge red flags there. Yeah. Um, but then we've all grown up with the Disney movie, the instant love, the instant attraction, yeah. um, the meant to be um, feeling, which then makes us not trust our gut. Mm. But your gut will tell you that something isn't quite right. It won't say, uh, that's a malignant narcissist. Yeah. It will just tell you that something's not quite well, right knot. there. You feel the knot straight away. Yes. Yeah. And when someone takes the purse strings away from the other half. Well, what, that's coercive control straight that's out. That's full on. Yeah. That, do you think that's the last straw? It's, it really depends on what the relationship is yeah. and who earns the money, 
who you know who who puts the puts the money on the table and how that's divided out. But say if that person constantly putting you down, saying you're not bringing anything to the table, you're not bringing enough money, and I'm bringing the money, and it, that again is just a kidney punch after kidney punch after kidney punch. And then I guess it's the your thing. It's like kidney punch, kidney punch, kidney punch, kiss. Yes. My God. Here, get yourself some that, or I bought you some flowers, or um, or also outwardly to others they can appear to be very generous. Yeah. Very, very generous. Yeah. But then you'll find out that actually they get £20 a week yeah. that they can sort of buy their toiletries from or et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, coercive control. It's very, again, it's really important just to look at the whole holistic behavior of that person. But I think by far the most easily identifiable trait is their inability to take any responsibility in their life. And yeah. if that's not with you, that will be in the past. How is it? How would they feel when they know they've been found out by many people and then you go back and realise why they don't have many friends from the past because now everyone's talking to each other going, did that happen to you? It happened to me. That happened to you. Oh, my God. How would that person feel? They will not feel anything because they've already found, they've already recruited new flying monkeys. New flying monkeys. And they will use the story about how this whole group of people turned against them and were nasty about them at the time they most needed someone. Maybe their aunt was ill or somebody. Mm. They will bring in a drama or a story about how they were rejected and how they are the victim. And they'll go to every length to paint themselves as the victim. And in comes the new crop of flying monkeys who believe in that story. And woe betide again, any flying monkey that then questions that story because they will be discarded the rest of the flying monkeys turn against them and there you start again and when it comes to sports teams as well you know having management that are on the narcissistic personality disorder scale um, you know really really difficult when they'll isolate one or two individuals without real apparent cause Um, you know they can turn you can turn a whole team against one person. Well, one player in that rugby team or that football yeah. team can be turned if that person. Yes. Jeez. So, it, and it, you know, and it may be that that person had very a very valid point that they brought up against against that 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 management. Same feel, in business. Do you feel that that person um, could be very fragile? The, the narcissist. narcissist. Could they actually be very fragile? Oh, deep, deep, deep down. Yeah. Their, their egos are so, so, so fragile, which is why they cannot withstand any criticism at okay. all or blame even if it even if it isn't what you and I would call criticism yeah. you know even if we make a suggestion on how to improve something um for their well-being you know you watch them putting themselves in pain time and time and time again so there comes a point where you know you might say well you might make a suggestion well how about you might invite them to put a boundary down with someone they've got a problem with yeah. how about you stop letting them in your house for example yeah and then you're now a threat. Yeah, okay. Because you've just made it their problem when they're the victim, clearly. Yeah, yeah. They're the victim. So as a narcissist, you can your other half, you can push all their friends away, all their family away, so you're totally in control of that one person because you've broken them down, you've built them up how you want to be, and that's just exactly how that yeah. person wants it. But for as long as it get but for as long as they're getting your needs met. Yeah. The minute they're not getting your needs met, throw them away, get another one. Wow. So I would imagine if you're being in this relationship, getting your needs met as the person on the receiving ends of of a narcissistic person. Say if you're having good sex, is yeah. that something that can pull the 
pull the other half back in saying, okay, I'll Good deal point. with all that, all that, but actually the sex is bringing me back in. That's part of the log bombing, isn't it? Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm going to push boundaries. I'm going to do whatever you want me to do in the bedroom. Um, the narcissist will use sex as a weapon um, as well um, because that will create closeness. It's not. It's not at all. Mm. Um, it's a weapon. And it's also, you know, a release and all, and all the other things that sex is yeah. between you know between two people mm. um but yeah it will be used as a weapon and also withheld as a weapon yeah. as well as a punishment yeah. um you know it's these people get them out of your life yeah get them out of 100%. your life percent. anyone listening out there who's got anyone like this in your life literally immediately out and blocked out away from you but then that's easy to say what if it's your parent what if it's your mum or your dad you know, actually for a child to reject a parent, it doesn't matter how old we are, yeah. to reject a parent is an enormous thing. Yeah. You know, most children, you know, and you do see, you know, again, I do a lot of damage repairing yeah. from people who have been raised by a narcissistic parent and they, they have, they're riddled with self-doubt because they've never really been allowed to connect with their own identity and create a self sense of self. And our way of feeling safe in the world, which is instrumental to everything we do, yeah. um, has never been fully developed. Wow. Because the parent has always devalued their own thought, pro the individual's own thought process. Is that because the parent who is a narcissist is yeah. just cares about themselves and suppresses the feelings or given the, the child any belief, self-belief in them becoming better in, uh, yes. in the world. Yes, exactly wow. that. And and also when children are very young, they're in it, they, they tend to be safer emotionally because the narcissist parent sees them, sees the child as an extension of themselves. Yeah. It's only when they perhaps start questioning the parent um, or start to um, challenge them on some points as we're all supposed to do yeah. um, that, that they will start to find out how the manipulation then gets escalated so the parent the can turn on the child quite quickly oh completely yeah wow and if it isn't the child <clears throat> it will be the child's pe uh, partner you know yeah. they get a 20 they start dating yeah. and the parent They're will love enough yeah. right the parent will love bomb the new partner yeah. to find out where they're at yeah and then we'll manipulate the relationship um, to, to, to end and, and cause havoc. They'll turn children, and then you have children, they can turn your children against you. So this is huge in, in, in parenthood as well, oh, in families. Being, I think being raised by a narcissistic parent is utterly paralyzing and crippling to a person. And then, you know, when I'm working with clients, I literally have to help them to reparent themselves and to learn the skills of, um, self-worth yeah. and kindness, self-kindness, right. And very yeah. often we get, you know, we, we've all got a bit of negative self-talk, mm. but when you have installed in your head the voice of a, of a narcissistic parent, you've got an inner bully, which is devastating to a person. Just hold on to that one there. You use the word bully. Do you think a narcissistic person is a bully? Has those traits of being a bully? I think they are more malignant than a bully. They use bullying because they use um, they use power. But I think for a lot of bullies, they're actually des desperately fearful of vulnerability and they're fighting normally against their own trauma, which is within their own bodies. Mm. I, I would put uh, narcissists on a, on a different level of that. But of course, bullying is one of the behaviors that they do use. Yeah. Um, 
And also, I think it's important to remember that a lot of the things that we're highlighting here aren't conscious. Yeah. They're subconscious. Yeah. They're how they navigate in the world. And that never changes and it's not going to change. For a, for a narcissist to awaken to A, the heart hurt that they've caused people, but also to who they have been, it's not impossible. But most most of them don't ever allow themselves through that barrier of looking at themselves because, yeah. of course, they never. There's nothing wrong with them, is yeah. there? It's all blame, blame, blame. Right. And is that narcissist who who is not caring about who they piss off? Essentially, they go and find a way whether they need money, whether they need new people in their life, whatever it is, whatever it takes to get that, they will do that. Yeah. Just like, and and this is where things like Instagram, etc. I mean, any social media platform is a giant psychology. You know, it's mm. not good or bad. It's just an expression of people's psychology. Um, but, you know, narcissists are very, very good at elevating themselves. Mm. So we're lots, we, you know, we are following the expertise of lots of narcissists. Yeah. You know, if I haven't got X amount of followers, I don't get a book deal. Mm. But if I've got lots of followers and nothing much to say based on expertise, yeah. then I get a book deal. Yeah. And now everyone's listening to what I've got to say. Um, so we we have over the last 10, 15 years created a very dangerous situation within politics as well, yeah. where we follow the loudest voice. Yeah. And actually, sometimes the quieter voice knows what it's doing and where it's going. What happens if there's going back to that, if there is a narcissist creating this, but there's daily use of alcohol and weekend use of cocaine? By the what narcissist. That, yeah, by the narcissist. What does that do to that narcissist mind? Um, it's, it must be all over the place. Um, yes. And therefore, you've got them oscillating between being a vulnerable narcissist. So, um, you know, when 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 any humans having a tough time, right, it sometimes doesn't bring out our best attributes, yeah. does it? Yeah. Um, but when you've got a narcissist, then they are it's what's called rampaging. Mm. Um, especially, you know, when they break up of the relationship or when they're using alcohol or drugs, it means that their level of rampaging of causing damage and chaos yeah. is on another level. Yeah. Um, and again, you know, you may be the partner that is constantly trying to put the pieces back together again yeah. because you've been brought into that cycle and then you're blamed. But you're a kind, caring person yeah. and you can, you know, you may be blaming the addiction rather than understanding that the addiction is still not the issue of the individual behind it. Mm. So almost the addiction becomes the facade yeah. of which the, the malignant narcissist can hide behind as well. If you're the partner of a narcissist who's also uh, needs help, whether it's drugs or alcohol as well, can you bring that conversation up or are you just shot down because they don't want to hear that? Oh, you'll be shot down. Yeah, okay. Um, and you have to really consider your safety. And when I say safety, we don't really bring into the fact emotional safety. Yeah. You know, we always think physical, don't yeah, we? Yeah. But emotional safety, feeling safe in the world and with people, if you haven't got that, then there's something very wrong. Mm. If you're in a relationship that is constantly devaluing you, is constantly telling you you're wrong, is controlling areas of your life, is isolating you from friends and family, and telling you your feelings are wrong, right? Telling you your feelings are wrong is absolutely abuse. Yeah. And therefore, you need to look at that situation. I mean, obviously, get speak to somebody who you can trust about that. 
Um, I get many people coming to me who are, who are doubting that there have even been an abusive relationship. Mm. And then they start telling me the details and they see my reaction and just being believed yeah. is everything because you cannot make sense of it. Yeah, when you're in it. When you're in it, you cannot make sense of it. It's a bit like being on a, on a plane in thick fog. Yeah. It's only when you break through the blue sky and yeah. start to look down that you can see the manipulation and actually how formulaic it is yeah. and how easy to predict it is. Um, with many of my clients, I, you know, or when I go in and advise people on how to deal with narcissistic mm. talent in the entertainment industry, mm. um, you know, one of you just you don't get into battle with them. Yeah. You you either look to how you, if you're co-parenting and you're safe, you look to play the flying monkey game, right. which can which feels awful to yeah. do. But that's how you get a quiet life. You can go from being at the biggest war to having the quietest life mm. in, a, in, in two minutes change. But by having that quiet life, you're still being fully manipulated, fully manipulated rather than going, you know, what? I've had enough of this. But when you do stand up to someone, say, you're going to get knocked down, you're going to get verbally abused, you could wake up in the morning and go, I can't be bothered with this. I might as well just have the easy life and just agree to do everything. If they want me to do the shopping, if they want me to go and do the, whatever they want you to do, just go, yes, 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 I just want an easy life. Isn't that an awful way to be living in a relationship? Particularly when you look at people who walk away from their homes, their children, their everything, because they A, can't afford to, or they haven't got the strength to do battle to see their children. Yeah. Um, you know, that's when it becomes particularly heartbreaking. Um, and then you've got to try and rebuild your life as well. Mm. So sometimes the only way to get safety, especially around children, is through a court order. So it is yeah. firmly established by authority what's happening, what. But getting to that place yeah. is, is, is heartbreaking yeah. for anybody. In this situation, what advice would you give them? I think you've got to look at planning your exit very carefully. Find a trusted person that isn't in reach and, and therefore isn't a flying monkey. Write down some notes. I think it's really important to write down a note because we it's very easy to dismiss these one, what sounds, you know, if, if I started, you know, the example I gave you about the friend yeah. um, sort of smear campaigning me yeah. from the back of the car, yeah. um, that sounds petty in its first instance, yeah. right? Um, but then when I go to say that she further then isolated me from 25 people and two sets of friends, yeah. both of which I introduced them to, yeah. um, it starts to take on a different yeah. picture. Um, so you need to write down all the points and and discard nothing. Yeah. Everything is valid and yeah. everything, you know, even if it's a, uh, a raising of your feelings, you know, our, our, our feelings are our feelings. They're not wrong. Mm. They're just how we feel. Mm. So you're saying going to speak to someone who's got nothing to do with any friends, anything to do with your other half, anything can get back, go and speak to someone, express how you're feeling. Or find a friend that was first off the boat. Mm. The friend that first got turned, turned the, the first threat of the person that got discarded. Yeah. Because that person's probably a bit further along in their understanding and they can help support you because they will have the same hurts. Yeah. Um, delivered by that person mm. you know we come together support is everything yeah. because that's what that person's done they've mm. isolated you from your support mm. um, so just try and find one person um, obviously if you're married take some good legal advice before you choose to leave mm. 
and find out what you need to do. Obviously, if there's physical violence as well, then please take advice from a domestic abuse um, helpline. And that goes for men, very much for men too. But do you not think that would be embarrassing for a man to go, I'm being physically abused by my other half? That must be the lowest of the low. And I'm sure because of that, a lot, of, not a lot of men will speak up about that. Very much so. Okay. And this is why we have to change the narrative. And guys like you as well, speaking out more about, you know, emotions and yeah. mental health and emotional health, because, you know, vulnerability is not weakness. Yeah. You know, there is great strength in vulnerability and and narcissists will manipulate the fact that you think vulnerability is weakness. Yeah. So the more you can get in touch with your instincts and the more you can understand that we are all liable and manipulate, you know, we are mm. all able to be manipulated. Mm. You only have to think of, you know, Bernie Madoff, mm. who ran the, you mm. know, billion, billion, yeah. billion dollar Ponzi scheme yeah. from the world's wealthiest and richest people, yeah. and cleverest people, yeah. right? They all jumped on. Right. Yeah. Was that weak? No. no. He created, he spent what? 20, 30 years creating this facade mm. that this was a real fund, mm. right? He convinced every big financier yeah. in the world. That's how powerful they are. Yeah. Becky, I have thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. Thank you ever so much for coming on and, and telling us all about this subject that's not really spoken about a lot. It's not, but it's the more we can help people understand what they've been experiencing, the more we help recovery yeah. and the more we together disempower these individuals. Yeah. Becky, where can people find you? Oh, they can find me on um, www.beckyholston.com. That's B-C-K-I-H-O-U-L-S-T-O-N.com. Um, Lovely. Absolute staff coming on today. I really appreciate your honesty and just laying it all on a plate for everyone. Anyone listening out there, this is really powerful stuff. Thanks a lot, Becky, and we'll get you on back soon. Thanks, Dodd. Lovely. Nice one. Yeah.